welcome back everyone to another episode of my weird little podcast. Ooh. Nice. Uh, today on our uh, weird episode, we are talking about glitches in the matrix and other weird stuff. Today's hosts are Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting on the pink chair with his Rocky Horror Picture Show t shirt. And Hello what are you Kitty drinking? Cup of noodles, sweatpants. Oh, yeah. Hello I'm Kitty Cup of noodles. What appears to be carbonated urine, but it's actually a Red Bull. Oh, okay. I am also drinking Red Bull. I don't know where my Red Bull went. This is my second Red Bull of the day. Yeah, and uh, right. also Red Bull, in case anybody wants anybody to sponsor us. Anybody wants us, please sponsor us. Oh my God. Or at least send me a lifetime supply. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at the very least, just send me a lifetime supply of your product. <laughs> I know the drink of our other podcast is LaCroix, which I think is, is the drink of a lot of podcasts um, because it's amazing. Still, and we're still reaching for that. Yeah. Point, so case LaCroix would be good for this there. episode because LaCroix basically is a glitch in the ma- matrix. Of, like, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You're the, totally right. the, the, the thought of fruit. Right. Yeah. But is it really there? Is it the or doppelganger like, of fruit? Or like it was supposed <laughs> to be water, but there's this like slight hint of flavor in it, you know, but they couldn't solve the code. Yeah. So they just left it out there and yeah. sell it to people. Oh man, yeah. I went way too Anyways, deep into it. So the second not, host is me. Not started. <laughs> the second host today is me, and then we have Roxana here in the back. Hello. Uh, this is recorded in front of a live audience, live studio audience from my living room. The cats may join us. Susan's I was about to say, no, we don't even have a cat in here. No. Um, so yeah, Susan's no. under the bed. PJ's somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the audience is pretty. One person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so nice. Um, so let's get into it. I am going to go first. I am actually talking about the strange incident and the strange twin double of Emily Sage. So, uh, first off, I got all of my information from mamamia.com, BuzzFeed Unsolved Network, Wikipedia, like usual and google because i had to google some things so i don't know if i should give google a shout out because i'm pretty sure i use google for everything let's say i don't think it's it's hard not to use but i googled some things so uh a couple definitions but the the definitions i'm going to get into so i want to bring up a few things that you need to bear in mind when hearing the story I'm about to talk about. One is biolocation. Biolocation, it's a noun. And uh, it is the supposed phenomenon of being in two places simultaneously, which I'm sure some of us have experienced having seen someone in two places at once or had the, you know, how were you able to do that and be here as well? Or I swear I saw you over here when you were over there. Hmm. A lot of us have had that type of experience it doesn't sound that preposterous uh, another thing i want to talk about uh is astral projection also known as astral travel it is a term used in esotericism to describe an intentional out-of-body experience that assumes the existence of a subtle body called an astral body through which consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel throughout the astral plane. Basically, it is purposely having an out-of-body experience. People have been able to hone into this ability, whether it's actually happening or it's some sort of psychosis or, you know, they are able to do this or they just think they can do it. That, I'm sure, has been debated quite a bit. And as far as I can tell, there's no proof that astral projection is real, but I want you guys to think about that when I get into this story. Then the other definition I want to go over is the definition of a doppelganger. So a doppelganger 
could be a double, an alter ego, a person who has the same name as another, or a ghostly counterpart of a living person. Now, doppelgangers, according to German folklore, all living creatures have a spirit double who is invisible but identical to the living individual. These second selves are perceived as being distinct from ghosts, and sometimes they are described as the spiritual opposite or negative of their human counterparts. German writers coined the word doppelganger, meaning double ganger, or doppel, double, and ganger meaning goer, so double goer, to refer to such specters. Now, doppelgangers have been mentioned throughout literature and throughout history. So in Arthurian legend, so like King Arthur and all that, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, King Arthur, <laughs> which every fucking movie and Star Wars and all that is all based on. So in some Arthurian legends, there's a character called Gwenefa. Yep. G W E N H W Y F A C H. Gwenefa? Gwenefash. Yeah, I like the first one. Gwenefa. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's Gwenefer or Yennefer from The Witcher. Right, yeah, I'm, ah. sure, I'm sure that's a play on that. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, who is also known as the False Guinevere. She is Queen Guinevere's twin sister and a bitter enemy of the Knights of the Round Table. In one story, she even manages to cause a catastrophic battle as a way uh, way of trying to get back at her sister, which reminds me so much of what is Phoebe's sister's name on Friends? <laughs> um, is it Sabrina? No. No. But uh, it just reminds me of that so much. Uh, that's going to bother me. Do you want me to look it up? Yes, please look it up and then shout it out randomly in the middle of me talking. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's what I want. (laughs) But that's what that reminds me of is Phoebe's evil sister. Probably not a doppelganger situation, but, you know, this is her opposite. Ursula. Ursula. Nice. (laughs) All right. So Edgar Allan Poe also wrote a story. Uh, the story is William Wilson. It's about a young boy who meets his exact double and becomes increasingly uh, corrupted by his influence. In the end, young William stands in front of a mirror looking at the reflection that is almost like him, but covered in blood and clearly dead. The story never fully explains the nature of the creepy of this creepy doppelganger. Now, there are some people in history who actually have experienced a doppelganger. And one more, most famous, probably the most famous person to talk about a doppelganger would be Abraham Lincoln. Which I want to do a whole episode on Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln and like ghosts be. at the White House. Like Mary Todd Lincoln was very much into the supernatural. She held a seance at the White House. Like they were in, they were honing in on the other side, mostly due to their son's very premature death. He died at a very young age. This was also a time when mysticism was growing in popularity because of people dying in the Civil War. And people just wanted to know that their loved ones were all right. So, Ward Hill Lamon, 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 uh, Abraham Lincoln's former law partner, friend, and sometimes bodyguard, told of a famous story about the 16th U.S. president's premonition of his own death. According to the tale, just a few days before his assassination on April 14, 1865, Lincoln shared a recent dream with a small group that included his wife, Mary Todd, and Lamont. In it, he walked into the East Room of the White House to find a covered corpse guarded by soldiers and surrounded by the crowd of mourners surrounded and surrounded by a crowd of mourners. When Lincoln asked one of the soldiers who had died, the soldier replied, the president, 
he was killed by an assassin. Um, some historians have cast doubt on Lamont's account, which was first published in the 1880s, nearly 20 years after the assassination, though Lamont claimed to have reconstructed the incident based on notes he made in 1865. It does not, it does seem odd that neither he nor Mary Lincoln mentioned the dream right after the president's murder. However, this was not the only time that Lincoln predicted his death or saw another version of himself. Um, soon after his election in 1860, he'd seen a double image of his face reflected in a mirror in his Springfield, Illinois home. On the night of Lincoln's first presidential election, he was relaxing upstairs and happened to glance in the mirror. He saw two reflections of his face. Lincoln looked away and looked back. It happened again. One was his real face and the other a pale imitation. Mary Todd believed that this would mean that he would make it through his first term, but die in his second, what? which is actually what happened. Yeah, oh, shit. Jesus, I, I, I never right. heard of that one. You're right, that could be a, its own episode. Yeah, I want to talk a, a bit about... Um, that's that's wild. You know, there was a really interesting documentary I watched called Demons in the White House, where they kind of talk about ghosts that haunt the White House, some of the occult things that went on involving Washington, D.C., which is shaped like a pentagram, and, uh, you know, early founding fathers... I'm really going to study American history moving forward in my life because I find this stuff fascinating. I find the presidents fascinating. Um, I also want to do a whole episode on Teddy Roosevelt because he's fucking fascinating. Mm -hmm. And his badass niece, Alice Roosevelt, that's a whole other tangent I'm going off on right now. But it's going to happen. Also, Andrew Jackson. Also, Buchanan. Um, yeah, they're all fucking <laughs> interesting. Who was the worst president in the world? Is Buchanan? Buchanan, right? He was the like the bad guy, right? I can't remember. Anyways, write in. Let me know who you think the worst president was. Well, I think it's all fresh in her memories. He is, yes. So, Besides Trump, though. Yeah. But I was watching this documentary where it's like the damage that they did to the country, and like objectively, this other president was actually more harmful than Trump, which is sad to yeah, say. Yeah, it's real sad. Um, sad to say, you know, um, yeah. So anyways, I'm going to talk about the very interesting and strange, weird case of Emily Sage. <laughs> the story of Emily Sage was first told by Robert Dale Owen in his book, his 1860 book, Footfalls on the Boundary of Another World, which is a fucking amazing title. Uh, in the book, Dale Owen writes that he heard about Emily's story from Julian von Gutenstub, daughter of Baron von Gutenstub, who attended Penisant von Neuweckel. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try. Mm -hmm. It's a school. It's a school. Just letting you know. In France, I believe. Or, no. Crap. I should have looked that up. Look up where Penisnat von Neuweckel is. And then just shout it out randomly. Penisnat? P-N-S-I-O-N-A-T von Neuweckel. I'm going to start this story over again because this is a long pause.
Oh, no echo? Okay. Oh, uh, I didn't know. Sorry. You want to do that again? Yeah, take two, take two. Okay, I didn't know. Okay. No, I thought it was good. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to talk about the very weird and strange case of Emily Sajay. Sajay. Nice. The story of Emily Sajay was first told... The story of Emily Sajay was first told by Robert Tell Owen in his 1860 book, Footfalls on the Boundary of Another World, which is a fucking awesome title. In the book, Dale Owen writes that he heard about Emily's story from Julie von Guldenstub, daughter of Baron von Guldenstub, who attended school in France. Emily uh, had been, and so Emily had an enviable reputation as a school teacher. Um, she was dedicated, adored by her students, and incredibly diligent. But over the course of her teaching career, a bizarre pattern emerged. In just, in just 16 years on the job, Emily had over 19 different teaching positions in countless schools across France. But when Sajay began, but when Sajay began her 19th teaching role at an elite boarding school, Penasson von Neuweckel, in 1846, it soon became clear there was a very good reason why Emily couldn't retain her teaching roles. Bum, bum, bum. So, uh, while teaching at Penasson, on New Echo, a number of teachers and students began complaining about seeing Emily's twin in the classroom. The twin was often seen imitating Emily's actions and even sitting silently beside her. Another occasion, the twin was seen helping Emily fix a student's dress. On another occasion, the twin, uh, sorry, but perhaps most bizarrely, Emily had no idea about her doppelganger's existence. In fact, she never came across her so-called twin. Emily was completely oblivious to her doppelganger. However, witnesses claimed that she often appeared strangely groggy and lethargic when her twin appeared, as if she may have had some sort of control over it. On the many occasions that Emily's twin was spotted, she appeared in the classroom, leading many to believe that the doppelganger was simply a hallucination. But after some time, the doppelganger seemed to stray further from Emily. On occasion, Emily was teaching a class of 42 girls when she stepped outside to pick some flowers from the garden. While she was away from the classroom, the students were left intently working on their sewing from the window, they could see Emily in the garden, but just moments after she left the room, Emily's twin appeared in the teacher's chair. Students thought nothing of it until one gasped and pointed out the window where Emily was still working diligently in the garden. Two of the students stood and approached the doppelganger and being quite brave, reached out to touch it. They said it looked like Emily Sajay in all aspects, except when they ran their hands through the entity, they said it felt empty, like the stuff cobwebs are made of. When Emily was asked about the incident, she was confused. While she didn't see the doppelganger, she recalled having an urge to go inside the classroom to supervise the children while she was picking flowers. Hmm. Eventually, Emily was reported to let go from her role Eventually, Emily was reportedly let go from her role at Penicent as parents were threatening to take their daughters out of the school. According to reports, nothing was heard about Emily Sajay and her bizarre twin again. However, I did find that Emily was also reported to have left the school and went to go live with her sister-in-law near, nearby tutoring her, sister's, her sister-in-law's children. She was visited by a former classmate or a former student who claimed that the girls or the, the children that she was teaching were aware of Emily's double and that they often saw two Emily's. 
But whether this story is true or not is up in the air, whether this actually happened. The writer, Owen, uh, Dale Owen, basically heard it from someone else and then wrote about it. The, The proof that Emily ever existed are is very little and a birth certificate from Dijon France in 1813 where Emily was from aligns with her birth but the woman's name is Octavia Saget and Saget is spelled differently so some say that she might be an illegitimate child and that's why she could have changed her first name and or changed your name but a death certificate was never found. So this could be just a story that someone told someone and over time it's this urban legend, but I found it pretty fascinating. This could be parallel universes as well as many of the other things that I said, you know, the doppelganger, it could be her astral projection you know, because she was thinking about being in the classroom at the time. So, um, yeah, I just thought that that was pretty interesting little story to get into. Um, so, yeah, that, you're, you're, you just forget what you were talking about. No, I was just thinking about your story. Yours, yours uh, definitely tripped me out because um, that is weird, you know, like. That reminds me of like the ghost cat thing, yeah. you know, and then the kids describing the cobweb feelings. That's, that's pretty creepy, but that's what I would say. It was like yeah. the, the reality to that. You might want to explain what the ghost cat thing is. Yeah. What's the ghost that's cat? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. To the listeners. Yeah. Yes. Uh, me and Tia uh, uh, had experience with a ghost cat uh, in, our, in our previous. We both saw comments. the same thing. Basically, yeah, it's well, it's, we would always see our cats walking around and then they would walk by us and we would lean down and pet them, and it was just like a natural response, you know. So, we have both claimed to have seen a cat and then go to pet it, and then our hand just kind of goes through it, you know. So, and so, yeah. that's what I was thinking like when the kids talking about the hands like going through like the yeah. cobweb, I'm like, oh, that's crazy because they're yeah. like really defining the feeling of it, you know. That's like a weird thing to make up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, that's a very weird thing to be that well described to make that up. Mm, yeah. You know, and so it's, that's it's, why it's kind of weird. To it's me. also definitely not a case of like someone having just the same genetic makeup, you know, like, you know, there's only so much genetic diversity and there's only so many facial feature diversities. That's true. You yeah. know, that, uh, the there's I just looked it up. It's called twinstrangers.net. You can basically find somebody who is your twin. Really, really. Who's your twin, but they're not related to you, but you have very similar facial features because there is only so many faces. Wow. You know? I didn't know you could so do that. but it's that's the story Emily Sajay is a hundred percent not the case of that because she would be this ghostly figure that would appear. And manifest so you also, know also i think it's uh more and more plausible the more and more populated the earth is too mm-hmm. you know because there's more and more uh you know pl- plausible ways of creating that character but you know it does remind me of like choosing an avatar on a video game and you're scrolling through faces and you're kind of like looking mm-hmm. for this cool face or your face that looks like yours you know like you're creating your own avatar mm-hmm. but there really is only a certain amount of options because yeah not because the software only allows for that but because it would you'd be kind of going through the same options over and over you know the same 20 to 25 types of faces you know? yeah but we have another audience member it's susan oh susan decided to join us um, she's probably gonna start howling Susie. at the moon that is not out she still has a little bit of her Snack too. But speaking of Susie, this is a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. I saw Susie come in here earlier, but is this just a glitch in the matrix? Sorry, or that was, that did was you my not intro. notice her that go back intro. Yeah, to the other room? Or did we, we no, just actually, turn the no, other she's way? She's been underneath the bed the entire time. Oh, okay. Because before you started Tia's, I was looking for something and I looked PJ underneath the bed. Could have been PJ, but mm-hmm. it wasn't Susie. Maybe, all right. 
Or maybe I just made that up to make that intro into my story. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm doing the glitches in the Matrix, or yeah, just uh, or what do they call it? Uh, glitches in the. Um, glitches in the simulation is what it's um, really called, but glitches in the matrix is because it's from the film The Matrix. If you haven't seen The Matrix, um, you you must get out from under your rock. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you need to really check that out. Is this guy Keanu Reeves? Everybody thinks he's really nice. You should watch his movie. Um, if anything, but, you need to know who Keanu is exactly in yeah. order for you to live a happy existence. Right? Yeah, because if you don't know who Keanu is, then you definitely you're are fucking missing out. You're, you're in so the much Keanu goodness. Kid, and then definitely <laughs> check out Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, okay. Let's just not alienate. Yeah. Our, so, our, so before, before we get too too into that, um, I Keanu! got Keanu. <laughs> right. Sponsor right. us. Thank you. Sponsor us, yeah. Brought to you by Keanu Reeves. I'd, I'd like to have a motorcycle and anything he would give me. Point break. I was going to start shouting out Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Films. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got my information from Faud Khan, who is senior editor at Nature Energy, uh, Wikipedia, Google, of course, and Gadget.com, Futurism.com, and no, that was the last one, sorry. Um, so what is the matrix? Um, the matrix is a simulation designed to look like everyday life by intelligent beings slash machines slash something, 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 et cetera, et cetera, uh, to keep them under control. The simulation theory, the idea that humans have evolved to put other humans in a utopian state for some desired purpose. Um, and that, that idea has actually been around for a long time. Apparently it goes back to the a uh, story called The Allegory of the Cave by Plato, um, which I thought was super, super interesting. So I kind of wanted to read a little bit of it, uh, if that's okay with you guys. Oh, uh, what if we said no? It doesn't matter. I have okay. control of the microphone. <laughs> like we have Bill and Ted. Bill. <laughs> oh, God. Editing is fun of super fun on this one um and uh, the allegory of the cave or plato's cave is an allegory represented by uh presented sorry by the greek philosopher plato in his work republic um back in 514 a.d uh to compare the effect of education and the lack of it on our nature it is written as a dialogue between plato's brother glaucon and his mentors mentor socrates narrated by the latter socrates uh, that's right that's children. right yeah the allegory is presented after the analogy of the sun and the analogy of the divided line so in the allegory socrates describes a group of people who have lived chained to the wall of a cave all their lives facing a blank wall the people watch shadows projected on the wall from objects passing in front of a fire that's behind them and gives names to these sh- and they give names to these shadows that they're seeing The shadows are the prisoner's reality, but are not accurate representations of the real world. Socrates explains how the philosopher is like a prisoner who is freed from the cave and comes to understand that the shadows on the wall are actually not reality at all. A philosopher aims to understand and perceive the higher levels of reality. Uh, Three higher levels exist, uh, the natural sciences, mathematics, geometry, and deductive logic, which is actually four. (laughs) and the theory of forms (laughs) however the other inmates of the cave do not even desire to leave their prison for they know no better life so i thought that was crazy that that's that's how far back it goes to actually um just just imagine imagining people you son of a bitch sorry i was trying not to i mean god bless you sorry bless you yeah thank you patrick but the, it's it's interesting because they even have a diagram on the Wikipedia that shows um, what uh, it would look like, um, and it just shows like you know a person watching shadows on a wall, like the fires behind them back here. So they're just in the cave looking at shadows. So I would I would equate that to like television. You know, you're just watching a TV. You know, which is mm-hmm. what the Matrix is, which is. 
you putting yourself into a version of a reality that because this is all you know, that's what you believe. You know, so the Matrix has yeah been around for actually a really long time. Um, Philip K. Dick, who is um, uh, who is responsible for Blade such, uh, yeah, Blade Runner, Total Recall, A Scanner Darkly, uh, Minority Report, which is definitely one of my favorites as far as yeah. accuracy to the future um is it though yeah. Every, everyone knows you got to go through a precog before you go to yeah. <laughs> before you before you get predicted to murder someone oh. <laughs> all right you're right you're right that, that's stupid oh. um so in february of 1974 philip k dick's life changed while he was recovering from dental surgery he claims that he had a spiritual epiphany it started with a delivery from the local pharmacy. Three days after Dick's surgery, an order of medications arrived in the hands of a stunning delivery woman. She wore a goldfish pendant that she said was a symbol of early Christianity. After taking the package, Dick saw a mysterious flash of pink light and collapsed onto his bed. A mystical, contemplative Dick supposed the pink light was a spiritual, spiritual force activated by the fish pendant. As he lay in bed, visions of abstract paintings appeared, followed by philosophical ideas and engineering blueprints. Over the next few months, the visions continued to develop. Dick saw streams of shiny fire moving through his environment and entering his body. He caught glimpses of a strange humanoid being that appeared to blend in with his surroundings. He named it Zebra and, uh -huh. and decided it was a benign deity that could enter anything animate or inanimate and take volitional control of casual processes, mimesis, mimicry, and camouflage. He saw a portal of pink light open and out of it stepped a t team of tiny three-eyed extraterrestrials who warned there was a cosmic conspiracy behind the assassinations of the Kennedys and Martin Luther King Jr. The aliens said that the ancient Roman Empire, stealthily hidden over the centuries but still active, was responsible. Rome had come forward by insidious and sly degrees under new names, hidden by the flack talk and phony obscurations, at last in our world again. Nixon was a modern Caesar. Frightening scenes of ancient Rome showed up superimposed over Dick's suburban California neighborhood. Dick felt guided by helpful spirits, especially one known as Thomas, who he believed to be an ancient Christian revolutionary, which I believe is Doubting Thomas. Oh. Which is interesting because Philip K. Dick wrote a lot of stuff that was very much on the opposite end of the spectrum. He was not spiritual at all before any of this. This was just after a dental surgery. Okay, he was, well then he was taking a lot drugs, of medications. A lot of medications, yes. Like <laughs> yes. Awesome trip, exactly, you know. yeah. So eventually the visions disappeared, but Dick's fascination with what he called his divine madness remained. Fascination. <laughs> he was so obsessed that over the next eight years of his life, Dick died in 1982. Uh, he produced an 8,000-page interpretation of the visions he titled his Exegesis. The bulk of it remains unpublished. Each page of the Exegesis produced, proposes fresh ideas about the meaning of Dick's divine madness. He suggests it may have been the work of the KGB telepaths, an extraterrestrial satellite, a first century Christian named Thomas with whom he was in telepathic communication, a version of himself from an alternate dimension, or the spirits of his deceased twin sister contacting him from the spirit world. Or a mixture of various drugs. Another hypothesis Dick <laughs> considered was that it was all a product of mental illness. While Dick was paranoid, likely because he was used he has used amphetamines to enhance his productivity, he knew his divine madness had a lot in common with mystical experiences. Oh, oh. shit. Oh, sorry. Glitch in the Matrix. Uh, they were considered bona fide, especially those of the early Christian mystics known as uh, agnostics. So that was just a, a interesting thing because Philip K. Dick. I mean, he was he wrote all like all of this stuff is very much about artificial intelligence and um, you know you know the the dark realities of the future mm -hmm. um, and kind of getting it pretty uh, nailing nailing it pretty right on the head. We have a PJ now. Oh. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. 
pods. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, yeah, that was just an example of what I thought was interesting. I mean, somebody that, you know, could have um, experienced what, you know, could be classified as a glitch in the Matrix. Um, but what is a glitch? When, when you perceive something in reality that seems out of place, uh, thus proving we are all living in a simulation. Things such as deja vu, ESP, coincidences, and even ghosts. And deja vu. No, no. Ghosts. Thank you, thank you. Bye. Um, which, I, which I always thought was interesting when they brought that up in the film, The Matrix. Um, oh, yeah, that they're just uh, programs. Right, yeah, exactly. Programs. Right, yeah, yeah I thought that kind of made a lot of sense. Um, in the film, The Matrix, it was a cat that walked by twice the exact same way the first time it was shown in The Matrix, uh, the glitches. Um, when I did look up the glitches in The Matrix, like, most of the stuff I found was, um, always, like, the... In the movie? No, when I looked up glitches in The Matrix, just, like, online, just trying to find, like, what people... Because people take pictures of things and just say, like, this, this proves that we're living in The Matrix, you know? Um, yeah. Most of them were couples, like most of them were coincidences for sure. Um, but um, it's also hard too because nowadays pictures can be photoshopped so easily, yeah. so it's hard to yeah. prove. You know, any it's hard to prove anything nowadays. You know, which is frustrating, obviously. Sorry. And you know, but it also could just be a coincidence of you know these two random people actually wearing the same thing the same day. You know, and happened to be eating at the same restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like when we went to the arcade, and that child was wearing the same pants that I was wearing. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. If there's only so much to genetic variances. Then there's only so much fashion as well. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I went to and, Disneyland, and there's only so many places yeah. to go, and there's only yeah. so many. You know, you, but yeah. those, you know, but those yeah. are definitely coincidences. You know, so well, that's the other nine times I've seen a child dressed exactly like me. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a glitch at that point. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was seeing was like uh, people showing pictures of things that haven't fully rendered, oh. like like taking pictures of clouds and like this this right side of the clouds would look like clouds, and then this cloud side there's like a straight line, and for some reason it's just blurry over oh. here. And it's then, like then that could be photoshopped too, or or a bad camera shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The camera, like, because your camera now is a computer. It's not yeah. necessarily just taking the shot. You know, it could just have accidentally glitched and not in the matrix, but on your phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, um. So a lot of them were like that, but I did find some interesting videos. Also with that, definitely Photoshop exists and all that stuff. So obviously that could be thrown right out the window. One I found that was really interesting, that was a news, this was news footage. And this is a car chase. And the thing was going like 100 miles an hour down the freeway. And it's at night, you know, and they have it on the spotlight, you know, and like the freeway is still lit up. So you can see this car and it's like, you know, driving around and then out of nowhere, like this, the helicopter light is still on it, you know, and then out of nowhere, you just see it like, there's this like black mist and then the car just disappears. Crazy. And it's on news footage. Yeah, like it's crazy. I'll show you guys afterwards. Okay. You know, it's actually really interesting. I'll put. I'll try to put a link to when uh, when we post this episode. Um, uh, but put going, a link. Going on the, Pat. the Matrix, though. Did you ever watch the Animatrix? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we, we, we watched it with Sean. Remember? Oh yeah, the cartoon about the haunted house. And yeah. it was just really right. a whole bunch yeah. of glitches that were happening, and that's there was that weird echoey room where she opened it up and it's just dark and you just hear past conversations. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Or the part where they can levitate and that's all quote unquote glitches in the matrix. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about That's a great episode or not episode. Yeah. Like I guess it'd be an episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was that one. Then another one I found that was interesting, which is also, of course, all these could be Photoshop, uh, was uh, LeBron James. Um, he was playing uh, a game and like, he like goes up and like dunks it or alley oops it or whatever. And then as he's walking by, like the camera is like, has him on slow motion and you can pretty much see LeBron James sitting behind LeBron James, oh. 
Like, because LeBron James on the court, like, running like this, you know? Yeah. And then you can see LeBron James sitting in the stands with, like, a dope set, suit on and a nice hat. And he's, like, with his drink, you know, just, like, watching. Like, like, what? Like, watching he's watching himself. himself. That's, like, the doppelganger. You know? That's that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's he's wearing, like, all black, too, which is, like, kind of creepy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'll show you that one, too. But, those, again, these could definitely be Photoshopped. I just found these on... You know, YouTube. This is not at like the Library of Congress, yeah. which I don't what? know if they verify anything like that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, is this a doppelganger or not? We can't have it. Um, so there are definitely people on both sides of the. Can, oh, sorry, there's an audience member trying to get on my lap. Our fans are crazy. It's PJ. Our fans are just, just wild let's just be here. Clear, it's PJ. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to wait till our VIP sits down. VIP, Jay. Oh. oh. What's that? All right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, there's people definitely on both ends of the spectrum, whether or not the Matrix is real or that we're living in a simulation. Honestly, that's not, it's not one that no one wants to believe that we are because that's really frustrating is to think we're living in a place that we have zero control over. Or you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Or or we have full control over and we're totally doing a terrible job. Um, <laughs> you know, or like, I don't know. I think like that's, that's, that's a harsh reality to know your reality isn't reality. That's yeah. kaboom. Blew your mind. Whoever, whoever listened to this episode long enough to hear me say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, both people on both ends of the spectrum, uh, one that is uh, definitely on one end, uh, for very far on one end, uh, is Rizwan Verk, who is an MIT researcher who is touting a new book, arguing that we're likely living in a game-like computer simulation. Uh, in quotes, probably the most important question related to this is whether we are NPCs or PCs, which is non-player characters or player characters in the video game, Verk told Fox. If we are PCs, then that means we are just playing a character inside the video game of life, which I call the Great Simulation. Which is even more frustrating to know that you're not even part of the cool parts of the story in this video game. You're just part of the go and do things. So when other people walk by in the story, you're doing those things. Yeah. You know, that's frustrating because like playing like The Sims or Grand Theft Auto, you don't want to be the person that's just like walking down the street the whole time. But you know? The Sims, you can't be those people actually jump around to be the various characters i guess that's right so yeah that's true yeah you might even go into great detail creating your own version and decide to play someone else and then your version that you created is now an npc that's mm -hmm. living that's like that's now. like a you're like a god basically yes uh you know <laughs> that's it maybe playing sims is just auditions to be god right yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Film producer Robert Robert <laughs> <She's> like, oh. <laughs> film producer Robert Evans famously said, "There are three sides to every story: your side, my side, and the truth." Evans had it right in some respects, as people can mistakenly create false or pseudo memories. This is the case for the Mandela effect, which is uh, next. Uh, next thing dude. could be uh, definitely a glitch in the ma Matrix. You know, this one I'm uh, definitely on the fence on still, but it, it's definitely interesting. So the Mandela effect occurs when a large group of people believe an event occurred when it did not. There are many examples of the Mandela effect in popular culture. Uh, and we'll go through a few of them. Uh, why this happens, uh, the Mandela effect got its name when Fiona Broom, who is a self-identified paranormal consultant, detailed how she remembered former South African President Nelson Mandela dying in the 1980s in prison, although he lived until 2013. Broom could describe remembering news coverage of his death and even a speech from his widow, widow about his death, yet none of it happened. If Broom's thoughts occurred in isolation, that would be one factor. However, Broom found that other people thought the exact same as her, even though she never, even though the event never happened. She wasn't the only one who felt like it did. As a result, the Mandela Effect concept was quote-unquote born. Collective false memories, another way to describe the Mandela effect is collective uh, false memories, but it's a, a large group of people collectively always say a particular saying or memory 
uh, sorry, a large group of people collectively always say a particular saying or memory a certain way when in reality, the truth is different from the memory. Conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, uh, which should totally be the drinking word conspiracy for Conspiracy theorists. Uh, believe the Mandela effect is an example of alternate universes present in society. However, doctors have a much different explanation of memory and how some memories, although vivid, can be false. Confabulation. Uh, a common analogy for confabulation is honest lying. A person creates a false memory without intending to lie or deceive others. Instead, they're attempting to fill in gaps in their own memory. Many examples of the Mandela effect are close to their original or true memory. Some researchers believe that people, even a large group of people, use confabulation to remember what they feel is the most likely sequence of events. Uh, which definitely makes sense. Uh, other aspects of memory may lead to the Mandela effect. This includes false memories where you recall an event isn't an accurate depiction. This is often a struggle for eyewitnesses to a crime or important cultural event. Also, the abilities of people across the internet to alter images, logos, and sayings may affect your recall of the original item. That's definitely a big thing, too, because now there's so much culture around that's regurgitating other cultures, right, regurgitating exactly. other movies, yeah. regurgitating other songs, poems, literary works, you know, it's like it's hard to yeah, it's hard to know what's what's the original. Um so examples of the Mandela effect, uh which there's a lot of people that chronicle this. I think there's this even its own category on Reddit, I think. I'm sure oh yeah. Um, yeah. The one of the more popular ones is uh, Mandela, obviously. Uh, the Bernstein, the Berenstein Bears yes. versus the Bernstein Bears. Mm -hmm. uh, many people remember it being Berenstein uh, as a lovable bear family, but this isn't actually the name. They're actually the Berenstein Bears. Um, that's one I, I that was the one I that got me. I was like, oh really? No, really, that's weird. I have a theory on that though. Mm. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> Wish they had a theory segment on the podcast now. Wait, enough of Pat's theory on that. Um, it's a terrible theory, but I think it's <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take way more time than I need to. Um, my theory is that like these are kind of all things that like are popular things, but not necessarily super likable things or necessarily to be rememberable enough like the Bernstein Bears I remember that because the Bernstein Bears was kind of everywhere like Scholastic Book Fair yeah. and stuff like that like it was kind of well marketed I guess um Nelson Mandela I know as a historical figure but I actually know very little about Nelson oh. Mandela when it comes down to it you know and I think that's a popular thing as well because yeah. I don't think people are that well versed on historical figures from other countries, you know, specifically, mm -hmm. you know, so I think that's one reason that that could be switched around. Uh, the next one that they have listed here is Jif versus Jiffy. Uh, Jif is a popular brand of peanut butter, but many people remember it uh, yeah, specifically Jiffy. as Jiffy. Um, it's Jif. Right but can I come back and pick? <laughs> oh, man. So there's another oh, thing. The reason why that is is because when one universe gets destroyed, a whole bunch of people are then shifted to See, a next that's, one. That's definitely a theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's CERN. So when CERN turned on their big... The Hadron Collider, that's yeah, the nice, right? Yeah, destroying universes. <laughs> yeah, you never, you and never know. And that's how got Trump as president. But Bernstein Bears, <laughs> I know that's hilarious, actually, no. Because when people realized it, you know, then it was later. Mm -hmm. um, another one is Looney Tunes versus Looney Tunes. Uh, T-U-N-E-S versus T-O-O-N-S. It's actually T-U-N-E-S. A lot oh. of people think it's tunes because of cartoons. Yeah. You know? Um, I am your father. Which is oh. the famous quote from Star Wars. But a lot of people remember no. it. Yeah, he he's not saying he doesn't say Luke. Luke I am your says, father. No, yeah. I am your father. Yeah. But I but I think but I think it's that that one for me is. Do you remember when? Uh, do you remember Tommy Boy? Yeah, when he sang it into. We sang to the fan. He yeah, says, Luke, "Luke, I am your father." father. Yeah, that's a memorable ass memorable, very memorable scene. Yes, from that film and. 
from society and culture at that time, mm. you know, because oh, people yeah. repeated that all day long. Yeah. I know it's my family fans. did all day long, you yes. know, like, because Chris Farley's hilarious, you right. know, and it's like, but so I think that's, I think that's where that spawned yeah. from. I think people think, oh, he's imitating Star Wars yeah. when that person's saying, you know, I think that's just like, um, and that's another thing that I'll get into later is like how this is kind of just like a game of phone, uh, telephone, uh, telephone you know, yeah, like yeah. you're saying one thing and it gets kind of transferred and yeah. lost throughout, throughout time. Um, so the symptoms of the Mandela effect, uh, include, dun, 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 oh wait, sorry. Symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> just remembering something differently. I yeah. Guess. Um, Oh yeah, so I, I guess that is the next part. Yeah, it's just like yeah, thinking of it as a game of telephone. You know, when it passes to the next person, it's you're, you're going to pull a different memory because you're diff you're remembering different words differently. You know, and so that's yeah. going to have a different effect, and eventually it'll change it. Um, dun, dun, dun. Uh, how can you recognize a false memory? Uh, it is really difficult. Usually the only way that your memory is false or real is to corroborate, corroborate your story with other people or research. If you remember saying a certain way, you can look it up from a reliable site or sites or attempt to confirm it with others. Um, one of the problems with corroborating a story with others is that people tend to confirm what other another person believes to be true. Asking a person, didn't Nelson Mandela die in prison or Nelson Mandela died in prison, right, is a leading question that increases the likelihood a person will answer yes. Mm -hmm. um, but that's like getting like. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the conspiracy theorists believe that is a proof of an alternate universe well many doctors just see it as an illustration of how imperfect memory can actually be uh the claims have been afforded some credence by repetition by luminaries no less esteemed than neil degrasse tyson mm. and um who is uh, the director of the hayden planetarium and america's favorite science popularizer uh also there have been skeptics Physicist Frank Wilczek has argued that there's too much wasted complexity in our universe for it to be simulated. Building complexity requires energy and time. Why would a conscious, intelligent designer of realities waste so many resources into making our world more complex than it needs to be? Because it's fun. Because in The Sims, when you first started playing, your kids didn't age, your neighbors didn't age. But then they got to it to where that then the kids do age. And then your neighbors mm -hmm. also age. And because it's just it makes life more rich to have all that strange complexity. I 100% agree. Like uh, video games are the perfect explanation for that. Like cyberpunk, everyone yeah. was so disappointed. Cyberpunk was wasn't an alternate reality, yeah. you know, because that's what we were all expecting, yeah. you know, because that's what we want. We want the complex stuff. We yeah. want to see, I remember first playing some game, like the Nintendo 64 and just sitting in the water and being like, we're in water. You know, yeah. this is cool. But then again, like, then you, you have know. Breath of the Wild, which is way more complex. It's more of an open world. You can now climb mountains, and it right, yeah, it makes it a much more richer experience. Right. So like being able why. to ride a horse or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's there's just so much. Yeah, that's so that that just doesn't that didn't make sense to me because obviously we already as humans in this state of like society already want that. Yeah. yeah, we like it. Which reminds me, I saw these uh, boots today um, that just came walking? out. The where they do the VR walking. Oh, they yeah. they literally they're so well designed that they they balance you before. Uh, they literally do this like balancing, like five second balancing thing with you, so that they they don't disturb your vestibulary system, so you don't ever feel sick or anything like that. But like when people are walking forward, you're literally walking like this, you know, and people are like, oh, my God, am I going to hit the wall? And I'm like, no, you're you're not walking like, you know, like you're still in one place. Oh, okay. So like they're yeah. able to literally move around, like just staying in one place the whole time. Like the boots do it all that's mm -hmm. awesome. like and that's that's insane, you know, yeah. which makes it easy to think, yeah, we could be in a simulation because if you've put on a VR headset for the first time, you know. It might be there for like three hours and think it was 15 minutes because yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where was I? Sorry. 
Uh, to understand if we live in a simulation, we need to start by looking at the fact that we already have computers running all kinds of simulations for lower level intelligences or on our algorithms, like I was saying, for yeah. video games. Um, all computing hardware leaves an artifact of its existence within the world of the simulation it is running. This artifact is the processor speed. If for a moment we imagine that we are a software program running on a computing machine, the only and inevitable artifact of the hardware supporting us within our world would be the processor speed. All other laws would we would experience would be the laws of the simulation or the software we are a part of. If we were a sim or a Grand Theft Auto character, these would be the laws of the game. But anything we do would also be constrained by the processor speed, no matter the laws of the game. No matter how complete the simulation is, the processor speed would intervene in the operations of the simulation. Which is true. It's not like the program is designed, you know, but without the processor speed powering that, you know, for you to be able to go through that program, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that. So yeah, there is an additional component to that alternate reality that has to exist. Um, so the artifact is an additional component of every operation that is unaffected by the magnitude of the variables, sorry, variables being operated upon and is irrelevant within the simulated reality until a maximal, maximum variable size is observed. The artifact presents itself in the simulated world as an upper limit. The artifact cannot be explained by underlying mechanistic laws of the simulated universe. It has to be accepted as an assumption or given within the operating laws of the simulated universe, which reminds me of like religion and just kind of assuming like this is we're here for a reason or yeah. we're here for uh, aliens or we're here for aliens. something. You know, we've, we've decided that this is something we don't know. But this is kind of what's the processor of this universe. You know, mm -hmm. this is what's making us run, you yeah. know. Um, the effect of the artifact or the anomaly is absolute, no exceptions. Now that we have some defining features of the artifact, of course, it becomes clear what the artifact manifests itself as, sorry, manifests itself as within our universe. The artifact is manifested as the speed of light. Oh, okay. so that's our processing speed. That's our processing speed. Okay. Um, indications it could be real. RPG characters serve the purpose of the video game's user, not the characters themselves. Although it is the characters that are experiencing it firsthand, they ultimately must obey the laws of the game's structure and the user's ultimate desires. This is not unlike consciousness. There is not evolutionary reason we have these exact five senses used to interpret the world and a belief in higher powers that seemingly has no purpose. Our consciousness could exist for someone else. And that's when I was like, I went way too deep and down the stop. rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the whole matrix, like with that, with, I guess coming back to the glitches, you know, yeah, there's a lot of like coincidences and stuff. I've never experienced the glitch in the matrix, I guess necessarily, but you could say, ghosts. Oh, yeah. you could totally say ghosts were a glitch in the matrix. Time loops are supposedly glitches in the matrix, but that's also okay. definitely seen in the paranormal world as being a paranormal manifestation, you know, the time loop. So it's, I mean, yeah, I guess glitches in the matrix could be real. We could totally be living in a simulated reality. I don't see why that's, I mean, if we can create what we can create now, like we were able to create a plane that could fly people around the world in like 70 years. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that's pretty technology impressive. Has, you know? like yeah, technology has advanced it, so quickly. Yeah, it's like exponentially going. There's too many yeah. people in the world working on it right now to but not it's a, get with, to that point. With technology, it's definitely a snowball effect because technology makes it easier to create technology you know mm -hmm. right so yeah. it's it's gonna it's gonna shoot up very quickly you know because of the technologies we have yeah like yeah. as we're speaking yeah they're building a hyperloop tunnel underneath las vegas they're, yeah. they're like yeah they're, it's and a sphere, and a sphere <laughs> the biggest looks, sphere and a sphere that looks like the moon. the moon it's not actually the moon but it looks like the moon it's crazy it's oh, gonna shit. be cool my battery's about to die cool. we can wrap this up unless you're you want to shit. are you almost done oh uh, yeah i'm done yeah and done <laughs> sorry let me plug this in <laughs> all right i guess all right now we're done if you want to wrap it up
Harry Styles is in the MCU. What? That's who? Mm-hmm. Oh, is Someone. he is he the one in the Eternals? And I was like, who is that guy? Is he conventionally no, attractive with high waisted pants? This is a glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> right, yeah. So, um, yeah. No, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this episode's definitely been weird. <laughs> um, and I uh, hope we blew your mind just a little bit. And uh, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, which is also a, a whole simulation of its own there. That is a whole rabbit hole to go down. Um, follow our sister podcast, Hollywood's Haunted the Podcast. And in the future, hopefully, maybe by the time this is up or shortly after our friend's podcast, Suspiciously Salty, will be up. Please stay weird, everyone. Do weird stuff. Like weird stuff. Be weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.